Hi, everyone. Welcome. Christmas Eve 2020. Not sure we'd ever see this, but here we are. So, yes, I'm the practitioner for the evening along with, with Teresa Bielenberg, and I will be doing the opening prayer. And um, what a treat to be here with all of you tonight. Going off script here. Um, and as you can see, I have the candle already lit. And this candle represents, of course, the light inside each and every one of us. Always, always there. So take a deep breath and just take in the feeling that you feel right now. And close your eyes if you're comfortable. And um, join me in this prayer and giving thanks to all that we have. So there is a power a, a humongous, great, always present, always available power in the universe and in us. That same power is us, as us, showing up through us, always, always present, always available. And during this season of great gratitude and camaraderie and connection, it's also called the celebration of light, which it is. We're, we're celebrating just recently the solstice and going back to more daylight each day and less darkness. But what a perfect time to have a celebration. And this time of year, we celebrate many things, not just Christmas. Majority is Christmas, but there's also Kwanzaa and Hanukkah, the solstice. Yule, St. Nicholas Day, St. Lucia Day, and of course, coming New Year's Day. And for me, those all have a, a same sliver of sameness running through them. It's about celebrating our lives, our connection, our families, our adopted families, our chosen families, our biological families, our, our four-legged members of the family. It's all about celebrating that and giving and receiving gifts, whether it's a physical gift or a, a gift of love and joy. All of that is so very powerful, and we feel it more distinctly this time of year. Again, whether we're together with our immediate families physically or on Zoom, or if we did it the old-fashioned way and send out Christmas cards to each other, or Hanukkah cards or Kwanzaa cards. But that feeling of connection is the real gift of this season and the sharing of the light within each and every one of us and seeing the light within each and every one of us. That is our truth. That is the truth of this season. And it's definitely the truth of this evening and this celebration on Christmas Eve. I'm so grateful to be present here, to be doing this prayer with you, and to have that feeling of community and sharing that feeling with each other. So in gratitude, I say thank you. And I release this into the law, the law that always says yes that is always present and is always the power within us. 
And so please join me on this Christmas Eve and say, and so it is. It's nice to get together with you tonight. Normally we're over at Karen's house having a nice uh, Christmas Eve party and, and uh, hopefully next year we will be able to do that again. But um, we get this unique opportunity to spend Christmas Eve in this context. And this month we've been looking at celebrating light and all the different ways of light. And this Christmas is all about light. You know, I've got lights in the trees and lights in the houses and all that. And this month, this whole month, as, as Marlisa so beautifully put in her prayers, has many celebrations of that light. We have Bodhi Day, and we have Hanukkah, we have Solstice, and Yule, and, and so many others. Uh, uh, Lucia Day, which is, uh, Lucia literally means light, and, um, and Kwanzaa, which is the lighting of the candles after, uh, right after Christmas. And all of these are celebrations of uh, moving from a darkness, moving from a place of darkness to an experience of greater light, an experience of greater light. And so tonight we celebrate the story of the birth of a bringer of light uh, known as Jesus, and also what is known as the Christ consciousness. George Kennedy, uh, who is a, a, a Catholic writer actually, said, although the word is popularly used uh, to denote falsehood, myth, the word myth, is actually a perennial vehicle for expressing truth. Human beings have always been told in mythic forms the stories they want remembered and passed on, such as the Arthurian legends or the biblical stories. To distinguish them from fashions, fads, and the constantly changing facts of almanacs. I love that phrase, the constantly changing facts of almanacs. Myth and symbol are fundamental and essential properties of all religions. They are the special language of spiritual experience. And so tonight we engage in looking at the myth. Many of us have, have come to believe that not all of this uh, birth stories, these two birth stories that are in Matthew and, and Luke are, are factual, and, uh, but they're mythical. And we wanna look at that tonight. We honor the birth of such spiritual greats as Jesus, as the Buddha, uh, whose birth name was Siddhartha Gautama, uh, Muhammad, and many, many others. But what we mostly honor is the light that they brought in their lives, the light revealed through them in their lives. And whether it's Buddha mind, which is the, the state of enlightenment or the awakened one, the Buddha stands for the enlightened one or the awakened one, whether it's Islam, which means total surrender to God, whether it's the Tao, the path, the way, the, the, the form itself, the, the, what was that word you used, Marlisa? The um, humongous you know, oneness of it all. All of these are stories of light. The story we honor tonight is the, is the birth of Jesus who became the Christ. Christ, just like the Buddha, is not a name. It's an honorific title. It's a title given. If you ran down the streets, you know, 2,000 years ago, uh, meeting this guy named Jesus, who actually you would have called him Yeshua, because that was the, the Hebrew form of the name, and you said, Mr. Christ, Mr. Christ, he'd say he would have no idea who you were talking to. It's an honorific name that was added later on. And so it means the anointed one. You, Ernest Holmes says Christ means the universal idea of sonship, 
of which each is a member, this S-O-N-ship, of which each is a member. And sonship isn't a masculine thing. It's not about a gender. Rather, it's the concept of incarnation, of spirit moving into form or manifestation. Thomas Aquinas said that Christ stands for both the Godhead anointing and the human receiving the anointment, the anointing. The Godhead anointing and the humanhood anointed. It has to be a cycle. It has to be an in-breath and out-breath of the universe. The gift has been given and the gift has to be received, both, and then shared back again. Mirabai Starr in her book, Wild Mercy, said, in Hildegard of Bingen's theology, Mother Mary merges with Sophia, the mother of wisdom, who dips one wing to the earth while the other soars to heaven and in her ecstatic flight quickens life. This Christ consciousness is the touching of heaven and earth, the communal experience of heaven and earth, of the spiritual and the material. It is the communion. It is the constantly happening birth, constantly happening birth. Meister Eckhart, the 14th century Christian mystic, said, God never begat but one son, but the eternal is forever begetting the only begotten. All of us, all of this, son in this context means the manifestation of spirit into form. All of us are that. It's happening constantly and ongoingly. We are all the Christ consciousness being expressed. It wasn't something that just showed up with one person on one day. As, as There's a quote that I used a, a few weeks ago that said, the universe was not sitting there waiting for a Christ consciousness. It already existed. We had to open to it. Somebody had to open to it, just like Buddha opened to the Buddha mind, just like others opened to that. We are all the Christ consciousness being expressed, and we are the constantly expressing gift of life, life itself, capital L, life, into form. We are the sons and the daughters of the infinite eternal, and we celebrate that today. Happy birthday to you, to me, to all of us. Now, what are we going to do with this gift? It can be returned. It can be stuck in a closet. Or, and in this case, it's a good thing, it can be re-gifted and shared. Christmas carries with it a consciousness of giving gifts. The first gift, of course, was given by the infinite itself, light and life. In one of the two birth stories, Magi show up at the house where Mary was living in Bethlehem. And they bring three symbolic gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And magi, the, the root word, magi is the root word of magician. Magi were priests of the Zoroastrian religion, which is a, a religion far older than even Judaism. And magi were considered sorcerers. They were considered intermediaries between the material and the spiritual nature. They were supposed to be able to use supernatural means to manifest results in the physical world. Gosh, that sounds kind of familiar. It's sort of like, I think, what we teach, too. There is a symbology here when the Magi show up and honor the Christ child. There's a symbology here of one of the oldest religions bowing to the new birth, to the new manifester, and to the new religion that is coming out of that. 
But it is also interesting to note the gifts, the three gifts. The first gift was gold. And because Magi were considered alchemists, the, the, the people who had the ability to turn common metals into gold, this first gift has multiple symbology. First, it's a result of who they are and what they do. It's, it's part of their essence, a part of their beingness. Secondly, it's a highly valued gift in the world. Still is, by the way. Gold is considered the property of kings and acknowledges and supports that this Christ consciousness, and remember that we're all part of this Christ consciousness, this Christ consciousness will have effects and reign in the world of form, the material and human world. So it's not just a spiritual thing, it's also here in the world. The second gift is frankincense, which was considered to be a sacred incense in those days. It was used in the temple for the Ark of the Covenant. It's one of the, the, the things mixed in with, with the, uh, the incenses. It was one of the specific ones. And in other words, while gold was offered as a symbol of the world, frankincense represents the spiritual. It's a fragrance that is considered pleasing to God. And together they symbolize the communion of spirit and form. God, which is the, the sacred and the human earthly. The third gift was myrrh. And myrrh is considered a sacred anointing and purifying oil, which is a perfect gift to give to the anointed one, the Christ consciousness, to honor the sovereignty and the purity of this Christ consciousness. So what does this mean to us today? You know, these wonderful gifts that were in this Bible written in thousands of years ago. As Meister Eckhart asked 600 years ago, what good is it if, what good is it to me that Mary gave birth to the Son of God 1,400 years ago if I do not also give birth to the Son of God in my time and in my culture? We are all meant to be mothers of God. God is always needing to be born. We are constantly being called to birth this Christ consciousness daily in our lives. So first we must recognize the gift given to and received by us, the gift of life itself. Check your pulse. Do you have life? If you've got a pulse, you've got life going on, right? So this gift which has been given to us and the gift of our own light, our own Christ nature. Both of these gifts, life and the light, the external, the internal. And in the gifts of our light, life and light that we give into the world, we do not have to be Jesus's or Buddha's. We're here to be the gift that each of us uniquely is. Last Sunday, I talked about that, you know, the little story that at the end of your life, God's not going to ask you why you weren't Jesus or Buddha or Moses. He's going to ask you, were you yourself? Were you your full self? So that is our light. That is our expression. That is our letting that Christ consciousness of us express. So will you hide your gift? Or will you give it timidly just a little because you're afraid your gift might be rejected? Or you're afraid that the sheer brilliance of who you are might overwhelm some people, intimidate some people? Take a breath. Or will you give your gift fully and powerfully like the Jesus that we honor today? Like the Maccabees who boldly lit the, the temple lights for Hanukkah, having no idea how long they would last. Like the Buddha 
who first gave up his own wealthy worldly life and then gave up the ascetic life of the Hindu mystics that he was hanging out with to awaken to his unique true gift, his unique true light, his unique true self. We don't have to live in caves or monasteries or convents to give our gifts or to be spiritual. We give our gifts right where we are, right where you are. We give life when we interact with others in life-enhancing ways, when we let go of judgment and criticism and give love. We value the world with our gifts of gold. In other words, adding value to every interaction we have with another person. We value the sacred, the divine, the, the sacred incense within us when we offer each person, when we honor each person with the sacred incense of our presence being with them, seeing their sacredness when they forget. And we anoint each other with a sweet fragrance of caring as we care for each other, as we care about each other. These are our gifts to give. These are our life, light. This is our gold. This is our frankincense. This is our mirror. Christmas is the time to remember giving. You know, it's symbolized by a jolly old elf named St. Nick, which I think we're going to hear about in a little bit. And it's an invitation to carry the Christmas spirit, the spirit of giving year-round. Let us allow this myth, this legend, this Christmas story to shine the light of truth into our minds and our hearts, to touch the deep love and the ever-renewing gift of the birth of the divine within us. Let us give our gifts. Let us deck our halls. Let us celebrate with this joy and with this light. Merry Christmas. Next, we have a gift from our youth. We're going to do a reading, and I'm going to remind all of our youth that you have to unmute yourself on the computer before you start reading so that we can actually hear you. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house... Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I spring from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, flash, flew open the shutters and threw up a sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wandering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Fiction, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the coursers they flew, 
with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas, too. And then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was just going fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back. He looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed, like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink in his eye, a twist of his head, soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to work, and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew, like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Beautiful job. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Excellent. I always, I like, I love the name Nevaeh Claus there. So yeah. All right. Ah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. We're kind of winding ourselves up a little bit. We're winding down a little bit, I guess you would say. And I want to say thank you to everyone who helped make this beautiful service possible to Brent and Amy for beautiful music. Um, a little extra than more than what they usually do. Thank you so much for being here on a Thursday night to um, Marlisa for that opening prayer for Teresa for holding our consciousness to Adrian for hurting the youth. shall we say moving the reindeer along uh, to make this happen and to all of the beautiful young people who made, who did the reading there and, um, I, I see there's an L. Rodriguez, and I do not know the young lady's name who was reading there, but thank you so much to you, too. And so, blessings to all of you. We're going to do a closing prayer, and then I'm going to introduce our candlelighting uh, service, our candlelighting process. So if you just join me in taking a breath, breathing in this, this light, this love, this joy that is the Christmas season. to take a moment away from all the busyness, to take a moment to remember that even if things are a little bit different this Christmas than usual, we are still immersed in a oneness, immersed in a love, immersed in a wholeness, immersed in an infinite light, a humongous presence that is greater than all the stuff. And we are all connected we are still all connected. Knowing this presence is all there is, 
knowing this presence, the nature of this presence is to express its love and to express its life energy, to bless life because it itself is life and it blesses itself as us. I simply speak my word that tonight we accept and we receive the blessings of Christmas, the blessings of joy, the love, the peace, the beauty. We let it resonate literally at the cellular level. We let all the darkness go away. We let it just drop like old coals that we don't need anymore. And we lift up that new light. As the song reminded us, one little Christmas tree, that's each of us. All it needs is the light, and it brings a smile to the world. That is ours, to be that light, to be that love. And I'm grateful for each of us who say yes to that and who embody that the best we can throughout the year. And in that sense of gratitude, I release this word into that which we call the law, the creative process of the universe, that Sophia that dips one wing to the earth and the other to heaven and manifests. And it is so. We are so. And so it is.